0: Chapter 18 Uh, what's happening? Silverbell pulled and pulled the little sheet of yellow paper, but no matter how much strength she used, the piece of paper only managed to budge just a centimeter at a time. The world you touch is not ruled by song. The items you grab will not just move along. Poem sang to her in a slow, melodic tune that still managed to seem panicked. You have to let go, it is what you must do. For if you keep hold, he will surely see you. She then warned, her voice managing to cling to the song despite the fear rising on her face. Let go? I can't let go. We need this song. Silverbell argued, tightening her grip on the piece of paper, almost out of spite to prove she was right.
1: Silverbell, I think you should listen to her.
0: Tico echoed Poem's concern, but without any of the beauty in his tone. Yet Silverbell Smith was listening to no one but her own stubborn thoughts. But if I let go, we could lose this paper forever, she told them firmly. Silverbell. She heard Louie whisper her name from the corner. This is
1: the key to everything, and we need it now, because we can't know if we're ever going to have this chance
0: again. She tried to make them believe her, to agree with her. Silverbell! There came Louis's voice again, almost like the conscience in the back of her mind. Just give me a second.
1: I'll get it out of his hands. There has to be a way around this that Poem just hasn't tried before.
0: All her attention was on the paper, with its perfectly straight lines and its perfectly round dots. They were so close. They were almost hers. Silverbell! Louis found his voice in a scream, and suddenly Silverbell Smith had no option but to answer. What, Louis? She growled, struggling with the paper more now than ever, but still making the same amount of minuscule progress of one sad centimeter at a time. He's looking at you. Louie's words were so soft and sweet that for a moment, Silverbell wondered if he had somehow managed to learn to sing himself. What? She began to ask, but she was looking up now, and before she could turn her gaze to Louie in the far corner, she found Cove's shining eyes staring directly at her.
1: Hey, guys? Cove is staring at me,
0: Silverbell informed the room, although Louis had done that quite well enough a moment before. You're halfway in our time, and halfway in Cove's. He sees what you're taking, and taking what he's owed. Poem's song was not wrong, for as Silverbell looked upon Cove in horror, His slowly surprised eyes turned from Silverbell to the piece of paper she was desperately holding on to, no matter how badly it didn't want to come with her.
1: What's he doing?
0: Silverbell asked frantically as she watched Cove's hand move, as if in water, toward the paper that was floating in the air. He's doing what he thinks is right. He won't let it go without a fight. Poem warned beautifully. Well, good thing I won't either. Silverbell grimaced and tightened her grip on one side of the paper, just in time for Cove to grasp it on the other. Silverbell, stop! You can't fight him! He's stronger than you! Louis begged of her, yet he was not so daring as to intervene in their tug of war. He's also slow. She reminded them angrily. She bent her knees and dug in her heels as best she could under the wooden floor, trying to use all the power in her arms to gain control over the paper. But, in short, it was not working very well. Even slowed down he is stronger still, and with the paper slow as well. He will win by strength and will. Not if one of the three other people just staring at me decides to help! Silverbell yelled to the eyes, watching her in alarm, as if she were in the middle of a horrible accident that couldn't be stopped. But of course, this wasn't an accident at all, and Silverbell was slowly starting to realize she could have stopped this fight before it had begun, if she had first stopped to think. Please, help me. Instantly, her anger dissipated into dismay, and without another word, they all came to her side. How lucky she was to have friends as brave as them. Tico ran to her left shoulder and Poem to her right, while Louis took up a position behind her. They began to pull Silverbell Tico and Poem on the paper and Louis at Silverbell's shoulders, so that all the might of the four children was leveraged against the horrible Harry Horton Cove. Look,
1: it's working!
0: Tico cheered, as there seemed to be some give in the pull of the paper. It is? Louis asked with hopeful elation from behind Silverbell. No, wait! Silverbell was still pulling, still trying to wrangle this most important of papers away from the most awful of people, but something was wrong. It's not working, it's... Poem sang to them the terrible news in a terribly beautiful tone, her voice accompanying a frightening deep rumble, which in the real speed of space and time must have sounded a lot like a piece of thin little paper splitting in two. For that's exactly what was happening. Let go! Let go! Silverbell directed wildly, releasing her grip as her friends did the same. What do we do? Tico asked watching as Cove still fought for a paper that no longer had an enemy on the other side. We don't destroy the paper. Silverbell's agitation mixed with terror as both emotions mixed with guilt. This was all her fault.
1: Yeah, that's clear, but how?
0: Louis closed his eyes, the whole situation too stressful even to look upon. I could kick him or throw something at him, Tico brainstormed. Would that do something? Yeah, make him fall over slowly, Silverbell pointed out astutely. He knows that we're here, perhaps we should run. Poem's song grew gloomy and hopeless. We can always come again, but this chance is done. We can't come again. will know we're after that
1: paper, and who knows where he could hide it while we're escaping with our tails between our legs.
0: Tico pleaded with them desperately. Run. Silverbell whispered under her breath as the beginning of a plan began to form in her mind.
1: Poem's right, you need to run. Silverbell, you think we should run?
0: Louis said, shocked.
1: I mean, I'm as much for running as anyone, but you don't want to stay and fight? I am going to stay and fight.
0: She decided then and there. It's you guys who are going to run.
1: What are you talking about?
0: Louis' face grew more shocked and horrified by the second. Poem, you need to unsluify time. Silverbell told her firmly. What good would that do? To make him as fast as me or as you. The singer was also surprised, but Silverbell knew that this time, she was right, and she would make up for her wrong. The paper's ripping. He's stronger,
1: and he knows we're here. We need a plan that will combat all three things, and I have one, Silverbell explained. You guys are all going to grab hold of the paper while I knock Cove over in slow time. Then Poem will stop singing, you'll take control of the paper as Cove is falling to the ground, and run it out of the building. You say the word you like you aren't coming with us.
0: Louis searched for clarification he didn't need. He understood her plan just fine. He clearly just didn't want it to be true. I'm not. Silverbell reiterated for redundancy. I'm going to stay and fight him. Distract him so you guys can get away with the paper. It was hard to say. Harder to agree to. But Silverbell knew deep down it was what had to be done. But... 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 Louie stuttered.
1: Silverbell, we won't go without you.
0: This is my fault. Silverbell told him plainly. I'll fix it. There was a deafening silence as no one protested her dangerous mission, even though Silverbell was secretly praying one of them would stop her. Well then, places people. She directed with shaky words when no one came to her rescue. Silently and swiftly, her three friends returned to the edge of the paper that Cove was pulling back toward his desk. Yet Silverbell stood alone, waiting to make her move. She looked to her friends. Her friends looked to her. They nodded. She nodded. And then there was nothing to do but the plan that Silverbell didn't want to do at all. And so, having backed up like a bull ready to charge, Silverbell ran with all her might, and with all her weight she slammed into the shoulder of Harry Horton Cove, who gradually began to teeter sideways like a tree in a gentle breeze. But then, just as they had planned, Poem stopped her singing, and time went back to normal. All in one instant, Harry Horton Cove's clunky head slammed into his desk as he released his grasp on the paper, and four children, who had just magically appeared back into space and time, ran from the room with the sheet music in hand. Get that music to safety. I'll keep him busy. Silverbow shouted to her friends as she pulled the door to Cove's office shut behind them in the smallest attempt to add one more obstacle between her and Harry Horton Cove. Yet Louis, little Louie, yes, with his big brown eyes and even bigger heart, hesitated. Silverbell, I can't leave. He tried to argue with her, but Silverbell Smith did not have the time. Take that paper and find the music makers, Louis Berimbe. You have to save the world, Silverbell said, trying to remind him of how important his task was. Go! She screamed, and finally he was brave enough to abandon her, taking off at a run down the hallway after his other two friends. With all her strength and all her might, Silverbell held tightly onto the doorknob, but she knew her little arms could only hold so long against Cove once he started pulling back.
1: No! No! You can't take the music!
0: She heard Cove shout through the door. On the other side, she felt him begin to pull on the knob with vim and vigor, banging on the wood and yanking at the hinges. At any second, the door would rip in half, and Silverbell knew she didn't stand a chance.
1: I'm just taking
0: it back! Silverbell then shouted back, and with a violent push, threw the door open, sending Cove reeling back again. Swiftly, Silverbell turned on her heels and searched for a plan of action. She didn't have time to get out her violin. She had to improvise.
1: What, no apples to throw at my head this time?
0: He called, regaining his feet and stumbling out into the hallway.
1: Sorry, no, just picture frames.
0: Silverbell growled as she ripped an already shattered picture frame from the wall and whipped it violently toward him.
1: Not a fan of photography, I see. I hate the people!
0: He snarled, taking a step toward her. Grabbing another frame from the wall, Silverbell chucked the glass and wood towards his head, and he quickly scampered back a few steps. I hate them, and they hate you, and they hate me! It was all nonsense when Harry Horton Cove opened his mouth.
1: Can't say I blame them.
0: She gave him a cocky shrug as she snapped another frame in his direction, but with a wild dodge, Cove avoided it and rushed toward her. Silverbell gasped and turned to run back towards the stairs, hoping this had been long enough of a distraction for her friends to have gotten away safely. But suddenly, Silverbell felt hands on her backpack, dragging her backward as Harry Horton Cove gained the advantage. Get off me! She screamed and kicked and spit like an animal.
1: No! The music has to stay! You have to stay!
0: Her flailing and fidgeting was forcing a stumble in his steps, and with a ferocious whipping motion of her head, Silverbell smacked the back of her skull against Harry Horton Cove's face. Immediately, he crumpled to the ground, and Silverbell was set free.
1: Thanks for the invitation, but I'd really
0: rather not. Quickly jumping to her feet, Silverbell rushed towards the stairs, but it only took a step or two before she realized something was missing. In a rush of panic, Silverbell turned back around to see that in their fall, Silverbell had broken not only clear and free of Cove's grasp, but clear and free of her backpack as well. Her heart froze as she saw Cove rise, holding her violin, bow, and backpack in his hands.
1: The music has to stay with me.
0: He whispered at the object of wonder in his hand, his face blank, as if he couldn't believe his own victory.
1: I know I'm not stronger than him. I know i can't possibly fight him off
0: but that was her violin in his hands that was her bow that was her soul you think i'm going to leave it with you there was no other option she realized and so she ran towards him
1: give me back my violin
0: she roared a mighty battle cry flying through the air and latching onto the pack in his grasp Yet her savage fury was no match for Cove, who reached out with a skilled, swift altering of his grasp, so that he now held both Silverbell and the violin in his clutches.
1: You think I'm evil!
0: He said to her, boring into her with his unfocused eyes that dashed this way and that, looking at everything that wasn't there and nothing that was. I know you are! Silverbell growled as she struggled against his grasp, but he was ready this time. He was holding on tightly, yet keeping her at arm's length. You kidnap children, and you steal instruments, and you hurt my friend! She screamed at him, wanting Cove to feel the fury inside her upon his eardrums if he could not feel it on his face with her fists. No! He told her, with a slow rumble that froze Silverbell's heart with fear.
1: I'm just trying! I'm trying!
0: The words seemed hard to say as if he had not spoken in full sentences in a long time. And somehow, Silverbell found herself hanging on his every word as she hung in his grasp. I'm just trying to listen! Silverbell was speechless, and in Cove's eyes she saw the strangest thing staring back at her. It was not malicious intent or hungry hatred. Could that be just behind his eyes? Yes, was that desperate hope? But before Silverbell Smith could analyze the haunting gaze of Harry Horton Cove any further, she spotted something else lurking in his eyes. They widened in surprise as a blue glow began to reflect back to Silverbell. A strange wind rushed through her dark curls, and before she knew it, there were two pairs of hands on her waist, thrusting her backward into oblivion. A flash of blue, white, and green swirling light filled the world around her, but before she knew it, Silverbell found herself standing in Poem's drab drawing room in the arms of Poem and Tico, her violin and case still held tightly in her hands. Slowly, Silverbell connected the dots as she watched the mystic portal she had just been rescued through dissipate in front of her, and the sound of sweet flute music come to an end. Breathing heavily, she looked around, regaining her bearings. She looked to Tico, who was smiling at her with relief, and to Poem, who gave her a satisfied nod. And then her gaze landed on Louis Berimbe, brandishing his flute deftly in his hand. Louis, you saved me. Louis shrugged and looked down.
1: You saved us first,
0: he mumbled humbly. Silverbell sighed and clutched her violin tightly, sick to her stomach at the thought of having almost lost it to Cove.
1: Yeah, well...
0: She shook off her encounter with Cove, and looked to the crumple-folded, half-ripped sheet music they had stolen sitting on the floor, waiting to be read.
1: I endangered you first, too,
0: Silverbell told him, admitting that she had been wrong.